what's going on guys welcome to the flying line podcast i'm here today with uh, sam excited to talk about some ups and downs of a week that we had for fc cincinnati but ultimately still in first place sam how are we feeling tonight yeah feeling good um you know one and one on the weekend um it's been a long time since we've said that uh especially at home right um so that's unfortunate but you know, we are the first team to clinch a playoff spot and that feels really, really good. And so, you know, the closer we get to the end of the season, the closer we can taste that supporter shield and um, there's, there's nothing better. Right. I think you're exactly right. And normally like anytime you make the playoffs, you're like really pumped about it and you're way more elated, but I mean, this was coming, you know, the way that this year has been going, this is a formality, you know, we're not surprised by this at all or, at all shocked by it, but I mean, clinching in the end of August is just so impressive compared to the first three seasons we've had uh, in the MLS, you know, and even last year, you know, clinching uh, pretty late on, but I'm pretty pumped to be a, a fan right now, of the team overall. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, to kind of transition, you know, into the, to the first game, right. So against Atlanta, um, we had talked about last week that this game was going to be tough. We had never won in Atlanta before. Yeah. Not only have we never won in Atlanta, but it was also on turf. So we don't have a great record on turf. So <laughs> no. everything was kind of against us going into this game. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you kind of see the Rocky week beforehand, you come off a good result on the weekend. So you're feeling pretty good, but like you said, Sam, I mean, on turf, it's a crapshoot. I feel like the ball bounces different. The calls are different. The guys go into tackles different as we kind of saw. So we'll kind of walk through here to start. Um, we see the starting lineup come out. Sam was referencing on Wednesday night, um, you know, and we, we had a pretty solid lineup. I think uh, one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm going to take credit for this because I called it was I said Halsey was going to play right back. Um, so, you know, starting out in goal, obviously, Roman Celentano. We had Halsey on the right, Haglin, Murphy, Miazga, and Barriol. Um, so pretty solid back line there. No surprises, really. Uh, I think one of the big surprises for me was that Kubo was in there um, playing, which, you know, maybe we had a little bit of, yeah, surprise with and with Mourinho on the bench to start in the first half. Um, you know, Kubo comes in uh, next to Wobodo. Lucho up there in the middle and then kind of a, a little bit of a surprise with uh, Santos starting up there with Vasquez. So Sam, I wanted to get your thoughts on initially seeing the lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, in the middle there, I think the def, the, the one that, I mean, you, you mentioned the two that kind of jump off the page, which is Santos and Kubo. Um, I think since we called out Moreno, to be honest with you, like he's played really well in the middle mm -hmm. there um, kind of, hand in hand with Obi, I'd say maybe a little bit better than Obi, which is, is pretty crazy. Cause you know, Obi's the force that he is in the midfield. Right. But as far as contributing to kind of the defense, but not only, you know, the attack, I think Moreno has been a key there. So that was kind of an interesting move. Um, not sure if it was maybe rest him a little bit and then bring him in the second. So uh, I'm not sure what the take on was that for Pat, but the Santos up top was, um, maybe, maybe just another mix of let, let's see if Santos Vasquez can kind of do this thing up top. Um, cause 
I feel like Pat's hand was kind of forced. One of the things yeah. that we see come out, you know, is that uh, Bupenza hadn't been training the day before. Yeah. And uh, was it a question of, did he have a knock? Was there stuff going on back home in his home country? You know, we weren't really sure. And it was kind of confirmed that he didn't even travel with the team, at least leading up into that match. And you see that report, you get kind of nervous, especially with the fact we brought this new DP striker in and then we lose him for this game. Now, to your point, do you protect the guys on a turf environment like this? Um, maybe he picks up a knock and I think it ends up coming out that, hey, it wasn't worth risking him to have him travel. And But it sounds like the guy wanted to be there. So I'm at least going to give him, you know, the benefit on that on, yeah. uh, you know, his heart's there and it seems like it's in the right spot. He's kind of been going through a, a rough stretch, but um, yeah, Santos comes in and um, we can kind of, you know, get into the game a little bit. So um, first, I would say five, 10 minutes of the game uh, before, you know, Atlanta scores. I just feel like it was kind of coming for them. I'm not going to lie. I think like we needed a time to adjust to the turf and to really understand the bounces and the speed of play. The biggest thing for me was the speed of play. Yeah. Almada is breaking through on Obi and Mourinho. I mean, or not Mourinho on Kubo. Um, we don't have our, our footing, you know, we don't really understand the process where Atlanta is used to this home environment. So it kind of builds up into um, where I think, honestly, they looked at Halsey and they saw a weak spot. He had not really started on the right wing. He started on the left the game before, but um, that was their kind of plan was to attack that side. So leading up into that, Sam, if you want to break through, uh, you know, a little bit of what you saw in the 10th minute when Atlanta scores, or I'm happy to either one. No. Yeah. So to your point, I think they did attack Halsey specifically, you know, on that play, obviously it um, works out for him in the end, but um, I think for the most part, this was just FC Cincinnati not being able to get a head or a foot or <laughs> anything on the ball to clear it. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously there's not really much you can do when there's a rocket coming at you from five yards, you know, from the goal. So, um, you know, it was, it was just a misfortunate bounce, right. That yeah. just happened to be, you know, right place, right time. Um, to be fair, watching the replay and everything, Kubo and Murphy both go near post and it, and it's very much one of those moments that I hope they go back, watch film. And they're like, Oh, like <laughs> both of us, you know, went sure. near post to, to kind of get in front of that. And we let the guy in behind us. Yeah. Um, so kind of just left mascara there to, to get his first MLS goal. But um, that's kind of how I looked at it there. I, I thought Halsey played okay. Like I didn't think he played bad. He played good. He brought yeah. energy, but um, to your point, I, I think him having the lack of starts is something that they kind of tried to go after. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And to your point on the actual physical shot, like it's such a fast shot on a deflection like that. Oh my gosh, you do yeah. what you can to throw anything you can on it. Top of the goal what, too. For sure. For yeah. those who kind of didn't see it, um, you know, in reference here, the ball is swung on the right side over to the left uh, part of the box. Uh, the Atlanta player brings it down pretty well, goes right at Halsey. Halsey kind of, checks him a little bit and tries to hold him there. The guy's able to get a cross off cross shot, whichever one you want to say yeah. it deflects off. And a guy is sitting, you know, I think right around the 18 or the top of the 18 and he's able to just put it right in right away. So um, that's what we kind of mean by they're exploiting that side. They were looking for crosses on the back post. If a guy's usually used to playing on the left, now he's on the right. 
maybe it's a little bit harder to adjust to that and the guys that are next to him. Um, but you know, there's nothing Roman could have done to save that. I mean, it was a rocket. It was point yeah. blank, but, uh, you could definitely tell that, you know, Miazga is always upset when they get scored on, but especially in this one, he was like fuming, like right away. He's like, what are we supposed to do about that? You know? Um, so that from the 10th minute on kind of set the tone of like, we better pick this up or it's going to be like St. Louis game. It's going to be like DC game. Cause it kind of felt like that to start the game, Sam. Um, we're behind in possession. Like I said, they are playing at a faster speed on turf than we are. Um, so that makes me a little bit nervous and we get down to uh, Tiago Amada uh, free kick. So um, did you want to touch on something before I, I kind of walk through what happened there? Well, the, so to be fair, you know, that the rest of the first half after that goal, like, FC had chances. Halsey had a chance to to kind of cut back. Didn't yeah. really catch it very well. Goes over. I think um, the ball bounces up on him on that play. Yeah. And then so Barrial also has a chance um, mm-hmm. and kind of catches it under kind of the same thing on that turf. So um, we had our chances there at the probably the end of the first half. But yeah, I mean, it, it had kind of that momentum of like, oh, geez, like, let's yeah. just get to half. Let's get to half. Well, that's what I think the the balance kind of was that way or going that way. But luckily, we had the post on our side. So Almada yeah, no has kidding. a free kick from like 30 yards out. It hits off the top left corner of the crossbar. So we kind of get lucky there. He's got a heck of a free kick. So I was a little bit nervous about that. But to Sam's point, you know, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, we did have chances. It wasn't like we got completely destroyed and we tried to fight back. So that was good to see. Um, at one point in the first half, I think Santos actually plays a decent ball across, um, you know, for Vasquez. And I don't know if he could have dove for it to try to get on the ball, but he kind of just lets it ride. I don't know if that's a, I mean, the dude played in Atlanta. He understands the bounces, but um, hey, I'm not going to really throw my body. I'm afraid of getting hurt in this scenario or what it was. I felt like he could have done a little bit better at trying to finish that. That's a little bit of a sneak peek for what I have later on in the episode about Vasquez. But um, at least in that first half, like you said, some decent chances. Um, Santos comes up limp on one part of the uh, play in the end of the first half. So kind of leading into the early second half, you see some changes. So Pat implements you know, taking Halsey off, like you had mentioned, played a pretty decent half, but we needed a little bit more spark going forward. I personally thought that we could have kept Halsey in. I just don't know where you plug him in. Where do you keep him there? You know, Arias has been such a spark plug off the bench or when he started, he's been playing so well. Um, So that was kind of interesting to see. And then the second sub that they had made was um, Santos coming off and uh, moving Kubo up top. Um, And I believe they brought Mourinho in in center mid. So um, more of a traditional midfield there. So we, we started to see a little bit more intensity pick up early on in the second half of that Atlanta game. Yeah. That, that start of the second half, man, both teams were going back and forth. Both teams had a lot of chances to begin that second half, um, which was really, really scary um, for an FC fan because it, it could have easily been two Oh, but right. um, to kind of go into what happened for us, um, getting that, that goal. Can I, can I stop you real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Just before we get into that, because I wanted to just take a moment to say how ridiculous, uh, Obi's yellow card was. Oh yeah. That's like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That was the one thing that I just wanted to bring up was like, I, 
I get pretty animated when it comes to like fouls and like, you know, stuff that shouldn't be called. And I see this guy, you know, hustling his butt off every single game and winning tackles. And how many times have we seen him be called for fouls that aren't fouls, yellow cards that aren't yellows. I mean, so what happens right before half actually to kind of backtrack, you know, there's this 50, 50 ball in the midfield, the guy slips into Obi and Obi is running at full speed. So what is he supposed to do? The guy trips, Obi gets the ball, and because the guy goes into him and falls down, they call the foul on Obi. And you're like, seriously? That's not even a foul, number one. It's not a yellow card. I've never seen him more animated about a foul. I mean, he was upset, and Miazga, of all people, had to come over and separate him. Um, so you t- that tells you, you know, how heated it was. But Miazga's probably telling him, look, dude, I know, man, everyone's against you. Um, and you know, credit to Obi. He stayed out there another 45 minutes and didn't get another yellow card. So, uh, that was, that was interesting to see. And I just wanted to make a side note about that, but Sam, uh, tell me what happens, you know, later on in the, in the second half for, for the good guys. My, my goodness. Like, so the, the goals that this team puts together on, a, a you know, every match day, right. It's just, it's insane. Bangers. The one, the one, the yeah, the one twos that they put together. Um, the middle of our field. I mean, maybe you could give Vasquez a little bit more credit, um, <laughs> as well as you know Barrial on the wing. Right. But like that midfield is just they're on the same page, and it's so fun to watch when they're on the same page and everybody's clicking because this goal is exactly what that is. Acosta dips it off to Moreno. Moreno. Oh, takes it off out of the air, heads it down to a coast. He hits it one time, like left what, what footed, left, with, left with, foot, yeah, left foot, the left foot too. Yeah. I was going to say with the left foot, just what a volley and what a strike, like nothing you can do about that. If you're Guzan. that to me goes back to their DC days. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, they played together back then. And that's the chemistry that you see understanding and tight spaces where the guy's going to be, where, where does he want it to be? You know, it, obviously, you know, Lucho, we want on his right foot, but he heads it down perfectly for just a beautiful, like you said, upper 90 strike. So, I mean, that kind of takes the the wind out of Atlanta sails at that point. I mean, oh, yeah. that happens in the 75th minute, 75th minute. So, you know, I honestly, I was watching on my phone, we were on our way to a sand volleyball game and I was like, Oh my gosh, we're not going to score. Like if you don't, if we don't score in the next ten minutes, I'm I'm getting nervous. So, yeah. um, for that to happen, like I was so pumped to see that. And honestly, I felt like then on and there's a quote from Miazga about it, how they said, "Why not push? Why not go for this? We have the momentum. Let's go after it." And they could kind of sense the blood in the water there. So, um, five minutes later, it happens. Well, before that, I wanted to touch on um, Barrial to to Vasquez. Right. So yeah, good call. My goodness. Like he, he puts it on a platter. He puts it on a platter for Vasquez. And I mean, to Vasquez's point, diving headers are tough. Right. But I, I think he just didn't account for how much spin's going to be on the ball when Barrial right. whips it in. Right. And I think it just got the best of him. And That's it a just tough ball to off take. his head. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I mean, that, that could kind of point on the fact that we were building. We were yeah. creating those chances and like they could sense something was, you know, different after we tied it up. 
Well, yeah, so. and then I'm I'm literally a minute later, like after that, yeah. right? So Barrial to Vasquez. Um, I think the ball's make... whipped out wide, right? Yeah. Um, how many times this year, man? How many times have we seen this where, you know, goes down to the end line or takes on one guy, makes a move, whips it in, creates. Easy. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable and picking out people. That ball across there, it's just putting the ball in dangerous positions. But um, I feel like, you know, overall, I'm, I'm stoked about it. And we're up to one at that point with, you know, 10 minutes left. So uh, that was cool to see from that point on, you know, we had brought in um, Malik Pinto at the end and had taken Lucho out. So another thing I wanted to point on is now there's a couple games in a row here, or maybe not continuously, but a few, actually it might be continuously third game in a row where we take Lucho out with a lead. Miami yeah, game. Yeah, I think so. A New York game. Mm-hmm. We're up 2-0, and then this game 2-1. So yes. Lucho, you know, in the previous one was a little bit heated about being taken out because of the way the last game had ended, you know, when Miami came back. So he's starting to, I think, gain more confidence in Pat and the guys that he's putting in to close games out. Um, but as your captain, I mean, I, I love that he's, you know, just like, look, man, I, w- I want to be in there. I want to be fighting with these guys. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always love to see the a heart on the sleeve from yep. Lucho. So moving on kind of from this Atlanta game, as Sam had mentioned, we, yeah, go ahead. One thing before we move on Let's to hear the, the Saturday game, I did want to touch, I was going to touch on it at the beginning when we started recapping, but how cool is this stat? First time that FC Cincinnati won a road game on turf since March 24th of 2019. Has it really been like three and a half years? Yeah, we beat the Revs at New England on turf in 2019. That was the last time we won a road game on turf. That's such a long time. I feel like, you know, was anyone on the roster? Alvis Powell? Nick Hagelin? Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, was that about it? Like, that's incredible. I mean... Hopefully this flips the script for the turf games. Well, hopefully we don't have to deal with turf, you know, True. now that True. things are changing in the league. So, yeah. Cool stat. Yeah, that is interesting. And we had talked about it for a while, so I'm, I'm glad that we finally got a win in that scenario. So uh, as Sam had mentioned earlier on in the podcast, we secured a playoff spot. Um, obviously doesn't secure what spot we are in the playoffs or seeding wise, but to be able to say that you're already going to the postseason is pretty cool. Um, they kind of ride, you know, that high hopefully is, is what you would want into the Orlando game. So Saturday's game comes upon us. Um, we kind of roll out a very similar lineup in a way, except for I think Arias is out wide. Uh, Mascara is back on the bench in that game. Um, and then you get, um, I believe junior comes back in as well. So a little bit more traditional, um, we still don't have Bupens up there. We still don't have Mascara as a full starting lineup as what I would see our full starting lineup. Um, but we just kind of came out, I think, in the first couple of minutes and showed some flash. And I think that leads up to where, you know, we get a, a solid goal <laughs> opportunity. So what I'm referring to is uh, Lucho in the middle plays a pretty nice ball through for uh, Santos. Santos goes one-on-one with the keeper and finishes it. Um, and Sam, I hate it in the past few years that you can't just celebrate a goal without like having to like, look at the, like 
you know, side ref, like, is their flag up? Like, are they, were they on side? Did they, did somebody kick somebody off of the ball that we didn't see? Like, was there a streaker on the field that stops this goal? Like, I don't know. There's just ridiculous things like that, that go through your head every single time we score, we can't just celebrate. Um, But, you know, they end up calling this one offside, kind of going back and reviewing it. It's pretty dang close, man. It is pretty, pretty close on uh, if it is, but if it's a goal, it changes the whole rest of the game. Well, yeah, because it's a six-minute goal, you know? Like, yeah. that's a that's a goal right out of the gate, um, and especially from, from a guy like Santos who probably needed that goal for at least confidence purposes, right, um, and kind of getting his feet back under him and, you know, right. getting going. But, yeah, I mean, gosh, you, you, you tried to see every angle that – it could have possibly been there. And it was just, it was so tight. Even the the commentators, obviously first look, they're like, oh yeah, like offside, no problem. And then, you know, they look a little closer and it's like, oh man, like I don't, pretty close. I don't know, pretty close. So um, unfortunately just not, not a call that goes our way. Surprising, right? Because right. VAR loves us. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think after that chance, it was just, it, it kind of was the opposite to where, you know, last game we score a goal, we go up and it's like, or we tie. Right. And it, mm-hmm. it takes us into it. Whereas this one, it gets called back and it's kind of deflating. Right. right. And so kind of turn the energy the other way. Exactly. And our defense and Celentano, we're having to put their bodies on the line the, the right. entire, you know, first half there, it, it seemed like FC was just letting Orlando into their half, like way too easily. Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. Um, Orlando had been coming in kind of riding a high. Um, They had won, I think, several games in a row, had a pretty good, you know, goal differential as well. Um, So, you know, to kind of see them do that on our home field was nerve wracking in that scenario, especially after a response of like, you just created this goal, you know, like it kind of would show a team normally like, hey, you can do this. You can create these opportunities, but um, we just didn't didn't continue that unfortunately so leading uh into the 33rd minute um kind of interesting scenario happens and i'm gonna touch on it later on in the podcast but there's a quick substitution that happens kind of earlier on in the game um and i'm gonna just kind of keep it as that so keep that in the back of your head for later on um that leads up to you know this other player coming in uh romario enrique in the 44th minute, that guy takes it all the way down to the end line um, and goes kind of pretty much one-on-one with um, Miazga. Miazga, I don't know if he's seeing the ball out at the end there, but just, I don't know if he gave up on it, just rode the guy down, but this guy ends up getting across, um, you know, to a wide open, um, you know, uh, Torres for Orlando. Yeah. Which is their big goal score, but I mean, it's not a great goal by him. It was just kind of put on a platter. But, you know, I if I remember correctly, I think, um, you know, was it Murphy? Murphy and Haglin are just kind of caught watching, thinking the ball is going to go out of bounds. So kind of deflated the the first half for me. And um, I don't know what your thoughts on on that was. Yeah, so their, their goal, obviously, you know, we're scrambling for possession there in the middle. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, I think, the play before that kind of set that f- up for motion. Like we were right. all miscom- discombobulated kind of. Right. Um, and I think that comes off of Lucho, just that stupid, stupid foul 
Like that's such a pointless foul in the middle of the field. Now, you know, we lose him for a game. We'll touch on that a little bit later, but it's just, it, it, it doesn't need to happen. And then I, I think that kind it was of, kind like of a said, ridiculous foul in the moment. I don't know, like yes. on TV, how it looked like from your thoughts, but at least being in the stadium and seeing it and they showed it at least on the replay too. Like, I mean, you're right. It's a stupid foul, but like, is it really truly like a well, foul? Yeah. Well, once again, like, I don't care how soft it is. Like why yellow? you put your foot out there though, you know, like, yeah, true. I mean, I, I see both sides, but you know, I, I think to that point we were scrambling for possession. And then I think there was, I can't remember who else was in the middle, but it may, may have been like Moreno or somebody, but um, Moreno was the guy in the middle that, yeah, who got like fouled, right? Foul. So the FC players yeah. kind of stopped because they thought, you know, he there was a foul. I thought. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that kind of threw I think Miazga did a great job of tracking back, like you said. But yeah, I think Haglin and Murphy thought the ball was going to go out and it just caught him by surprise. And um, it's in my opinion as well, I thought if you go back and look at it, I thought Celentano was a little bit like far out, in my opinion, for you know, where the ball was and where it was going to end up. I thought he came out a little too far. Right. Um, once again, not really, you know, much you can do, but right. um, maybe he has time to to get back a little bit quicker, but um, that's just kind of how I saw it from that angle. That, I mean, you kind of hit it on the nail with that, but um, my initial reaction in seeing it too was exactly what you had brought up is I thought it was a foul on Mourinho. Uh, which can kind of stop your momentum. And in a split second like that, teams will pounce on you. Um, I mean, I I would say Orlando kind of got into the dark arts a little bit in terms of like, you know, fouls and stuff like that. So, I mean, that kind of threw us off. And again, I'll touch on that a little bit later, but you can't play to teams like that, you know, no matter what's happening, you got to keep your focus. So um, going into, you know, the second half, we immediately get a sub of Mascara comes in for Murphy uh, love to see him back in the back line and honestly made a huge difference even to start the half. Um, yeah. At one point, Orlando has a ball through. Mascara comes in defense of, uh, I think it was Haglin, the, go, you know, the guys one-on-one with yeah, him or on his side. And all of a sudden you see Mascara just come back and just saves the day. So we've been missing that in so many ways. And in the second half, I mean, we shut him out. They had some decent chances, but you know, I, I think he is a big key to us making a far run. And you kind of saw that um, in the past few games and, you know, yeah. even in the first half in this one. So um, I wanted to well, just then, shout him out. Yeah. And then we get another sub in Bupenza, right. Who comes yep. in. Um, he's back with the team. Right. Um, and Vasquez has a great ball to him. He's got a breakaway. This, this lion of a finisher this guy can't finish like he can't finish one-on-one was his right foot. Yeah. And well, every time he seems to be one-on-one, he gets like tripped up on himself. The ball seems to fall underneath his feet every single time. And it's almost like his eyes are bigger, you know, than the ball. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah, that's what his eyes get big and and it's got, yeah, yeah. it's got caught up in it. And it seems to happen every time, which we're waiting for him to just, easily just put it back into the back of the net no problem like done but it hasn't really come too often I yeah. guess since his first goal right no you're exactly right I mean that first one he's one-on-one with him but he even on that one he's on the right side of the box and he takes it to his left to finish it around the guy but to your point I mean like you're one-on-one with the keeper 
literally the keepers at a disadvantage is you could go anywhere around them. You could dribble it even around or you could chip it yeah. over. I think if he has a half decent right foot, that's a goal. And it's again, it's one to one at that point. Yeah. Um, so that that's right. I mean, it, it is frustrating. And again, it's not like we didn't create some chances. I wouldn't say we had the most chances in this game, but even in the second half, like we are kind of playing against a team that's like falling all over the field and disrupting rhythm and I, playing is, against a low yeah. block. Like I think that's kind of our kryptonite in some ways is we feed off of having space behind to play people in when a team stacks nine, 10 people behind the ball, you're playing in tight spaces. It's tougher for us to break them down. And we kind of lack creativity there. Um, well, yeah, they're, so. they're at the end of the game. Like if you kind of want to explain it, things start to get a little chippy, right? Yeah. They're in the middle. There's a foul on, right. I believe, Arias, right? Um, and then, you know, Angulo's in there pushing around. Um, and then, you know, we see a red card for Orlando. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Is uh, you know, that situation happens and you can kind of feel the energy be brought up a little bit. Yeah. It was a little bit, you know, too late in my opinion, I guess, if you want to say like when you get a red card, like I want a solid 20 minutes to try to yeah. break the team down. <laughs> they you did know, give us what? five extra on top of that right yeah yeah i mean it was like in the 90th plus five we get another five after that but yeah even with a man down like they played such a low block they i mean credit to their defense they played pretty well but we just didn't finish our chances no, um, and glue had a chance mascara had a chance lucho had a possible volley of yeah. a chance that would have been nuts um his yeah his attempted volley just oh that deflated me so much so yeah. i mean i thought he was gonna put that in you see him do that so left many foot times. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, go ahead. Well, so cap, capping this game off, this is the the first home loss of the MLS season, right? Um, which stings a little bit, but this is the first time that FC had, had been shut out at home since March 5th, 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah. DC hmm. United 1-0 loss, like, we're, we're getting some insane stats here. Um, and it's, it's been a long time since things have happened for FC in particular stat lines. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. The fact that you at least have one goal in all those games and you know, the, the loss at home against stings, it's our first lost in how many months at home in yeah. the MLS regular season. Um, you know, for me, I wanted to just briefly touch on the fact that like, again, we have a sellout crowd. That's yeah. 13, 12, right? 12 sellouts out of 14 out of 14. And, you know, you talk leagues cup, there's a sellout for um, Chivas, I believe as well. You know, there's a sellout for the open cup game. I mean, the fans are showing up again. We're supporting this team. Uh, we top, I think probably top four or five in sellouts, you know, in oh, the easily. entire league. Yeah. Um, so credit to our fans for bringing it and uh keeping the energy shout out to lucho as well um fifth player in, in club history to reach 100 games right yeah. so Good earlier this season we shouted out vasquez barrial and kubo um Hagelin was already in there from last season so um shout out to lucho for making that list as well yeah and uh you know was it 100 total appearances or for fc i think it was just for fc uh, yeah, well, yeah. So I said club history. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's impressive for three, not even three seasons, and he's played that many games. I mean that's a credit to him, and how he says like in Argentina that they want to be on the field at all times. Staying healthy, so, yeah, 
Yep. So I'm going to give you our, our trivia question of the week here, and then we'll take a break, Sam. You ready? Yep. So with his goal going back uh, to the Atlanta game in the 80th minute, uh, Brandon Vasquez uh, had scored that game winner, like we touched on, to go 2-1. Um, how many career game-winning goals does he have? So this could be international. It could be club. Oh, international too. It could be Ooh. any cup competition. But how many games has he won? That only the that changes my answer by one. Um, I was gonna go four, but since you said international, I remembered the game winner. Um, I'm gonna go five goals, five game winning goals he's had. All right, so Sam locked in five. Stay tuned to the end of the episode, and we'll see if he's right. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with you guys. So agility is a technology driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be tech touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools. Uh, working on processing things a little bit faster, hand-eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical coverage skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that, so we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. Here again with Sam chatting about an up and down week that FC Cincinnati had. Uh, Going to touch a little bit in the second part of this episode on our cards of the week, jersey swap. But real quickly, Sam, uh, this uh, Orlando game on Saturday, the opportunity to sit in one of the suites. It was uh -huh. uh, pretty cool to at least kind of give a, a feedback or, a, or my review of the suite, let's say. So, um Awesome food. I'm going to give uh, a plus on food. We had some uh, jerk chicken that was a little bit spicy, but pretty good. Uh, had some solid desserts, some nice, uh, some nice drinks up that way as well. So overall experience, great. The best and underrated part of the whole uh, atmosphere from that view um, was the seats, man. The seats you kind of sit up on, but they're like gaming chairs i mean just nice cushions and uh just a solid way to watch watch a game so i'm hoping that i'll be able to watch another one from up there but we'll see <laughs> i'm glad you were comfy that sounds nice yeah yeah so i just had to give my quick little review of that for my one game <laughs> gonna say i've been able to to do that but it's cool to watch games from different places in the stadium absolutely so that was pretty cool. But Sam, I wanted to ask you, let's let's start with our cards of the week uh, this time. So let's let's switch it up. What was your card of the week? Yeah, so I, I have an interesting card of the week here. Uh, my card of the week is the Argentina national team. Um, I mean, someone has to be calling this man Acosta, right? Like somebody has to be calling him. US, especially, USA is going to swoop him up. Well, especially after this whole season – um against Messi, etc like come on like there's a little bit of a level of disrespect to be honest with you like so i i noted three midfielders that don't deserve a not a nod over lucho <laughs> um first one being guido rodriguez um he plays for real batiste 29 years old 
He's got four matches so far, and his only stats are three yellow cards. <laughs> um, we got Facundo uh, Bun- Bunonote. Uh, he plays for Brighton, uh, 18 years old. Promising player, to be honest with you. Um, but he didn't even make the squad for the U20 World Cup. Oh, come on. Just saying. Um, and then third, you got Bruno Zapelli, which he plays for some team in the Serie A, I think, 21 years old, um, plays for the U23 team or something. Like, it, it, I, I don't understand it. But um, Can I add a fourth? Of the week. I'm going to add a fourth to that. Oh, add a fourth. Go ahead. FC Dallas's Alan Velasco had also been added to the Argentina. He was a late ad. Yes, he was. Roster as well. But, you know, to your point, you have the MVP of the MLS that you could use, you know, potentially for a few more years, you know. Uh, you have a 29-year-old guy that's coming into your camp, you know, like you mentioned. So here's another one that's a little bit in his 20s, but still, come on. Like, how fun would that be to watch Messi and Lucho on the same field, on the same team? Pretty incredible. If Pretty it's, insane. If it's even one call-up. Now, you know, selfishly, would I want to see him more on the U.S. than Argentina? Yes. But from Lucho's standpoint, you want to make Lucho happy. Yes. And Lucho's got a tattoo on his neck of, like, the Capitol building of Argentina. So uh, I think he's true and true Argentinian, but for an opportunity to play international soccer or football um, for him to take this chance and kind of go through the process. It'll be interesting to see, but that's a good card, man. I, I have to feel you on that one. That's, that's pretty true. Yeah. What about you? My card of the week was going to be the Orlando diving. Oh, so, you didn't, you didn't foreshadow that at all. <laughs> not at all, man. I mean, I know they are close to water, so they do get some practice, but um, you know, they were jumping around the field and, they were flopping like dead fish. Um, it was ridiculous. I mean, so kind of going back to earlier on in the podcast, 33rd minute, um, Duncan McGuire goes down for an injury. You ready for this one? Duncan McGuire goes down for injury. Fine. He goes off. Um, so, you know, Ramiro Enrique has to come on the field, right? Well, this uh, Ramiro Enrique is standing on the sideline and Orlando is playing with uh, 10 men, right? So what does uh, the Orlando keeper do, Sam? Waste some time. He sits down and says, oh, I have a cramp. Oh, my leg is hurt. So what does the referee have to do? Stop the freaking play for them to go over and give treatment to the goalkeeper who has a cramp after he hasn't been moving for the whole half. So what does Orlando get to do? They get to sub on a player. So now it's 11 on 11 again, dark arts, dark arts right there. Well, not, not to mention what, you know, we had talked about. It got chippy at the end of the game. A couple flops there at the end of the game as well. Yeah. And then they had another guy who, supposedly gets hit and just flops on the ground later on in the game. That's a yellow card for simulation. I mean, like, come on, that's ridiculous. And we got caught up too much into that and it threw off our rhythm, like for sure, especially in the first half, like you have a guy go out in the 33rd minute, you have a keeper go down, you have other guys that are just falling all every time we touch their player, they fell to the ground every single time. I mean, it was ridiculous. And it's funny to me that they had a cramping problem when they play in probably more humid of an environment than we do. Yeah. 
So don't give me that. I don't believe that for one second. Also, Pedro Glace, great keeper, time wasted every time he took a peak, or, uh, every time he took a uh, goal kick, every single time. Yeah. And finally got a yellow card for it at the very end. But I mean, if it was our team, would I have wanted them to do the same? Questionably, but not the diving part, not the falling down on the ground every single minute of the game. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I just, it's hard to watch games like that. Yeah, I I think to your point, it just it ruins the game, ruins the momentum for both sides because then you have to wait, you know, even if it isn't a foul or if it isn't called right, right it's still another guy that's on the ground who's rolling around, and you're like, all right, well, you know, now the ref has to stop, right? You know what he's doing and pretend like he cares about this guy who's playing on the ground, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right about that, and I mean, like, we have some notorious guys on our team, you know. For sure, I mean, that soccer. embellish yeah, soccer. a little bit, yeah. um, you know, namely Mascara, you know, namely Lucho, but, yeah. um, you know, it happens, but you don't want to see games decided by that. You don't want to see the rhythms thrown off by that. I mean, I had people that were sitting by us that were like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So um, kind of moving on and segueing here, and I'd kind of mention him, but let's see what Sam said. What was your jersey swap of the week? Yeah, I thought I'd take a page out of your book um, and, and go with uh, with Lucho on this one. Uh, my jersey swap, right? So um, with FC Cincinnati like set to kind of run away with the Supporters' Shield, they would be nowhere without this guy. You know, leading the league, or I, I guess tied with uh, Hani Mukhtar, I think. They um, were. Mukhtar they got were. one more. Okay, so, so they were tied at the point before this weekend. Um, but Mukhtar's got 25. He's got 24 goal contributions on the season. Um, I just, I thoroughly enjoyed the way he went up against Almada um, mm-hmm. and kind of a tough place to play in Atlanta. And he just did what he did without batting an eye. You know, he, he kind of showed him like a hey, young guy, like, yeah, you might be the up and coming Argentina, but you know, I'm the MVP. That's a good shout. I mean, all the talk is about him and he's getting Argentina call up and everything, but Lucha is like, take a look at what I'm doing over here. Yeah. Check me out. Check me out. So a lot of Argentinians in the league, definitely happy with the ones that we have. Yes, sir. Jersey swap for you. My Jersey swap, a little kind of homage from last week. I kind of touched on him a little bit and he was an honorable shout, but Santiago Arias was my Jersey swap. I had originally had Roman Um, And I still want to give him credit, you know, shout out for him for getting an extension. But um, Arias, man, led the team in interceptions against Orlando, was tied for tackles, played a full 90 minutes, played a half like we had talked about in Atlanta, came in and gave us really good energy off the bench. But uh, what I thought was kind of the coolest moment of the week for me for him was uh, got a Columbia call up and his last Columbia call-up was in October of 2020. Uh, Guess who that game was against, Sam? (laughs) Messi. No, it was against Junior Mourinho in Venezuela. Oh, so we know that guy. Yeah, guess who they're playing this week? Oh, my God. Venezuela. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, RES has got 54 um, appearances for the Columbia national team. Potentially we'll have... 55, possibly 56 um, before he comes back for us. But 
awesome to see him round back into form and to get the credit, honestly, that he deserves for how he's been playing um, from the Columbia national team because he was a staple as their right back. I'm hoping that we can see Mascara, you know, get into the starting lineup or even on, you know, their um, squad for the Columbia national team, but he's coming back from injury. I think that's why he didn't get called up on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think RS is this second half of the season. He's been a bright spot that we've had him and Halsey, you know, kind of that right side has felt very secure over there. Obviously you got Barrial locking down the left, but like, you know, at the beginning of the season, it was kind of like, who, who, who do we have on the right side? You know, we had four or five different guys that were rotating on a week to week basis. And now I think Arias has kind of solidified that like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back, I'm in my form and, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you what I was doing over here in Atletico, but um, yeah, good shout there. I had the wrong Madrid on for him, but still um, uh, <laughs> it would have been perfect. I don't think I have an Atletico Jersey, but that would have been amazing. Um, Arias shout out to him too. kind of part of my Jersey swap. I went to the Reds game on Friday and Arias was actually at the game on Friday as well. Um, so what's that? That I was also at the game. That's true. We both were at the game. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, awesome to see some of our guys like supporting the hometown teams too. So I love to see that he was wearing a city connect jersey. It was pretty, pretty crisp. Always cool. Yeah. So kind of looking forward, um, you know, to this coming week. A uh, few of our guys are actually, you know, being called up for um, the international break. So, Again, for those who aren't necessarily familiar, there's a couple games going on uh, for the national teams. Um, in the middle of the season, this happens from time to time. We had one earlier on in June, I believe. Um, you know, now these guys are playing in World Cup qualifiers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so we had, you know, RES going with Colombia, as we mentioned, uh, Mourinho, Junior Mourinho playing with Venezuela. And just today was announced, Sam, let's hear it. Who was announced? Boop, there it is. (laughs) So with the the Gabon national team. So we had three guys that have been called up. Awesome to see, you know, them representing their countries and to, you know, frankly represent this team too uh, at the international level, which is really cool to see. Uh, I just saw a photo at our, you know, break here. Uh, James Rodriguez was posting a photo with um, Arias, which is a Colombian legend. And uh, I think he might be a free agent as well. Can you imagine? That would be pretty cool. That would be electric. If those, you know, for those who aren't familiar, in the 2018 World Cup, 2014, 2014 World Cup, 2014. James Rodriguez for Columbia had this goal from 25 out off the volley, upper 90. I think it was the goal of the tournament. He, I think one touched it up to himself and hit it in. So he played for, I think, Real Madrid. He's played some huge teams. He played for Everton. Uh, Would be honestly just such a cool addition to the team. And as a free agent, I don't think like if we're outside of the window, we can sign him whenever too. So uh, we're going to start that trend now, Sam. James Rodriguez to FC Cincinnati. What an addition. Yeah. Um, But looking forward, you know, like I said, to the international games this week. We also have a league game coming up on the 16th. We'll just kind of very briefly touch, yeah, touch on the on fact it. that, yeah. um, you know, Lucho is going to be out for that game. As Sam had mentioned, he accumulated too many yellow cards. So we're on the road against Philly. 
uh, top three or four team in the whole league now, actually. Um, so again, next episode, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit more. Um, but you know, where it stands now, kind of give us the rundown of the standings and where we're at. Yeah. So still 10 points clear, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. So, um, no, no worry or anything. Um, we just need to continue to do what we're doing right now, stay in form. Um, and, and we'll ride out the ship to the supporter shield, which is nice, but, um, yeah, playing a team like Philly, we'll touch on it more next week. But uh, I'm interested to see, especially on that game, with Lucho being out, do we go false nine with no strikers or do we have someone just take his spot in the midfield? Um, I, I look forward to kind of talk, talking more about that. But, um, yeah, as far as the, the state in the east goes, it's, it's strong. Um, the west, I think – is St. Louis still on top in the West? It's still it... the top, man. It's the yeah. Wild West for sure, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh right now we have um a 10-point lead, you know, on supporters shield. So best team in MLS in terms of amount of points. Um, I believe New England has one game in hand, meaning that they, they have do, yeah. one more that. game to possibly play. Big kind of rumor coming out of New England today is that their head coach, Bruce Arena, might be calling it, you know, a career actually, probably going to retire. But he, um, I think, had been stepping down for some comments that he had made and then hadn't fully come back. So it will be interesting how that affects their run towards the end of the season. Um, you know, another kind of MLS note on this today, I just saw Maxi Morales for NYCFC just tore his ACL as well. Um, so some of the teams in the East are you know, losing like a coach, losing some key Rap- players. Rapids fired their coach as well. Rapids. Yeah. On the West coast too. So a lot of movement going on in the MLS, but as Sam mentioned, we're still riding high. Um, I wanted to briefly touch on, like I had kind of mentioned in a little bit of a shout out, but for, uh, Roman Celentano was announced this past week that he's been extended to 2027. It, it was not a third kit. Sam and I were really hoping it. that it would be a black kit. I mean, how incredible, like we had in our, you know, nostalgia episode, would it be to have an MLS black kit, especially for the, for the playoffs? That would have been yeah. incredible. Just got announced, you know, that, Hey, you're going to the playoffs next day. They come out with a sneak peek video of him with a Kroger bag, classic Roman, by the way. And you see like the shade of a black jersey on the shoulder, and we're just so pumped about it. But no, it's just his goalkeeper jersey. Yeah, twenty twenty seven. Twenty twenty seven. I mean, I, I'll take it, man. I the dude's been incredible. He's started fifty four games in a row in the MLS, which I think is honestly got to be close to being a record. I think you know goalkeepers play continuously for a lot of games. I was unable to find a stat on you know, the record for that in terms of amount of starts in a row, but definitely for our team, it's been a record, you know, I, well, I would say I, it's probably a record to start a career, to be honest with you. like MLS start career. a career. That's true. Yeah, to start a career would, uh, there's gotta be a stat out there. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So much talent, so much potential 22 years old um, turns 23 actually here. Like before we play Philly, I think the day before happy early um, birthday Roman. Yeah, early birthday. Hope you get the um, Lula Lululemon bag instead of a Kroger bag. But he has, he has so much potential not only for FC but also like possible US men's national team, possible Europe, like I mean, I know we have him locked down, you know, till 2027, but still like it's hard for teams not to want a goalkeeper like that, especially that young with that much potential, but 
Um, most clean sheets, most minutes, saves, every goalkeeper stat you can imagine he's got for FCC at 22. Um, and to his point, I thought this was really cool as well. So when they interviewed him right after his extension and everything, um, he had said that he's kind of ticked off all his goals that he had to, you know, be an MLS goalkeeper. He had 10 clean sheets um, that he just got, you know, checked off. But after he broke all of them, he said, you know, our, fo our focus is solely on trophies now. That's love what that. he said. And I, I love, love that. that. I love yeah. it. I mean, that's your, that's your leader. I mean, like a lot of times your goalkeepers become your captains over time too. Oh yeah. And I could just envision him over several years, just developing into more of a leadership role mm -hmm. and how he's learned from playing with all these experienced guys, some experienced goalkeepers, you know, on our roster and everything too. But, um, awesome for Roman. Very cool. And very excited to see, you know, where his career goes. Cause honestly, next year wasn't a given, you know, and oh, I know you, of, we had talked about it. Yeah. We for sure had said like, we don't know if, you know, Vasquez is going to be here. Barrial is going to be here Roman, but now, you know, we got Roman locked up. We got to lock uh, Lucho up, Sam. We got to lock Lucho up. I think just tie him in a room or something and <laughs> force him to stay. Lock him in, build a statue and put him in the statue. Yes, like exactly. Yes, and then just can only out come out for the games. games, trainings, and game days. Training and game days. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty excited to hopefully see an extension coming out um, for him hopefully soon. Um, Sam, any final thoughts on this uh, episode here? No, I mean you know as much of a a week as it was win and a loss um loss didn't hurt me too too much um it, it wasn't an impactful loss because like i had said we're still 10 points clear um nothing changed on that so um that's kind of my my takeaway from the week and we'll we'll go into having kind of this week off and we'll see what happens hopefully it's not exactly what happened the last time we had a whole week off yeah um hopefully come out with some energy Five games, 14 days after a month break. It's a quick stint to, you know, put in solid results, emotional mm -hmm. games and stuff like that. But we've kind of weathered it and I'm ready to keep pushing. You know, yeah. let's let's keep at it. And uh, I hope that, you know, we can we can keep going. So at least for this next week, you know, they, they got a lot of trainings ahead of them, maybe a little bit of recovery, hopefully some fun too. I wish, you know, going back to my days of playing, you know, these are the kind of weeks where you'd have a little bit of a break to do some different things, you know, some team bonding and chemistry and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, with some of the guys on international break, maybe some young guys get to come in and train with the team too. Uh, some two guys, you know, fill in. So who's the next uh, Brett Halsey, you know, that'll be the interesting thing to see. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking today. One final point I wanted to kind of make was, uh, Malik Pinto has the second most um, sub appearances of anyone in the MLS. So again, we're kind of integrating some youth players in different positions. Roman's 22. Malik is pretty young. Halsey's 22 or 23. Uh, and Gulo's young as well. So we have some talent um, that we're kind of bringing through. And I think it's a little bit underrated compared to Philly and some of the other teams, but um Nonetheless, it's impressive, and I'm excited to see what we can do. Yeah, trying trying to build that academy out so that way, you know, like you said, maybe we don't have to, you know, stretch the budget too much. We can look inwards. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So 
Um, I think we'll call this an episode here, but thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, like I said, last episode, tune in to Spotify, to YouTube. Um, we have, you know, our TikToks going, we got our reels on Instagram. We might have a big, exciting interview coming up here soon. So please stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks again for tuning in tonight. Thanks.